So welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Match Fit Football Podcast. I'm your host, Darren, as always, and today I am joined by a serial winner, and we're going to talk about some of those trophies and memories over the years, but we're also going to get into the mindset and how she does her business, how she conducts herself to be the best that she can be. It is West Ham United's Lisa Evans. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Delighted to have you here. And you know, just before we went live on the air, I did make reference to your first international goal. It was against Northern Ireland, and we will forgive you because you've agreed to do this podcast. Um, so talk to me a little bit about this season so far. You're 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 a Scottish international, you're playing at West Ham, you've previously played in Germany, Arsenal, the list is endless. You've won trophies pretty much everywhere you've been. How's this season going for you? Yeah, obviously it's been kind of up and down. It's been a lot different to being at Arsenal because obviously Arsenal is one of the top the top clubs in WSL um, history. They've been historically one of the best teams in women's football. Um, but it's been good. Like it's been an adjustment to say the least. But um, like obviously playing a new system, playing with different girls, playing yeah a different style of football. If you like, with a lot more defending, um, and just games that can go either way. Really, it's you have to be at your best to to win. And it's been really enjoy. It's been really enjoyable. I've, I've I've enjoyed it. Played a lot of different positions this season. Um, on left wing, on right wing, <clears throat> I'm now playing as a number nine, which is new to me. I've not done that in years, so and that has been good. I've really enjoyed it so far. As much as it's it's new and it's different for you, do you enjoy that challenge? You know, different positions and trying to learn different different ways yeah, of playing. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Yeah, even at Arsenal as well, I was kind of getting chopped and changed, like right wing, right right back, left wing. So yeah, I, I quite like obviously having the. The versatility it would be nice to nail one position and get good at that but um it's also nice to mix it up a bit i guess i mean no game's ever the same and especially not for you if you're playing you know in various positions all, all across the pitch and obviously everything that comes alongside that in terms of the training and the preparation but i want to touch a little bit on your journey um especially you know where you are now growing up did, was the goal always to be a professional footballer or was this, you know, was it a hobby, something you enjoyed, something you were good at that you took very serious at a certain point? Tell me a little bit about getting into the world of professional football. Yeah, I think obviously when I was really young, I, I loved football. I was obsessed with football and I kind of just thought like, oh, I'd play in the men's league. Like that was just like kind of my <laughs> attitude. I just thought, well, yeah, there's not really women's like women's football didn't really exist professionally. So it was never really a dream like to, to go and play a professional women's football, but um I just I love football, I was obsessed with it. Um and then as I grew up, I knew that there was more opportunities out there for women um to go and play professionally, whether that be in Germany or USA, obviously abroad. Now in this country, we're lucky enough to say that we are um professional uh, with the WSL and obviously Scotland as well. I know they're they're pushing now for the women's leagues to be all professional, but um yeah, like I said, I, I had a sister who um, also played sport growing up, and we we did every sport under the sun. We didn't; it wasn't just football. We did badminton, tennis, netball. Uh, we done the law, and obviously athletics and stuff like that as well. We're both quite quite good and quite athletic, so we honestly just did a bit of everything. My mom and dad were really good that way. They literally threw us into to every kind of sport under the sun, and football was kind of the one that I took the most liking to, and haven't really looked back since then. Well, absolutely not. You know, I look at, you know, your resume and the things you've accomplished, where you've played, who you've played with. It's it's an absolute amazing journey that you've been on so far. And obviously there's some time to go in that. Um, when, when you look back at where women's football maybe was when you started playing in it to where it is now, like, tell me about that side of it. You know, the development of women's football, the, you know, 
how big it's getting, this level of support that's coming in. You know, you talked about Scotland going professional and things like that. How important has that been for you on your journey to see the growth of the game, probably alongside, you know, your own career, you know, growing as well? Yeah, no, it's been crazy. I think I was lucky enough to play at a really good club in Scotland, Glasgow City at the time, um, who were pretty much, although they weren't professional in terms of money and financially being able to, to, to pay us, we still had to pay to play football back then. Um, we were very much like run professionally. We had a really good coach, um, Eddie Eddie Vlecky Black, who's obviously from the men's game as well, but um, still in women's football now, I think, or is he? I'm not sure, but really good coach, top level. And like I said, they did everything to to push us in the right direction. They, I remember we used to train like four nights a week, which was massive for us. We were the first team in Scotland to do that. Um, no other team was doing that. And then I was also lucky enough to be part of the Women's Football Academy um, at Stirling Uni, so I could combine my studies with with a footballing programme, which was amazing as well. Obviously, eat, sleep, breathe, football, everything was based based around um, our training and football routines. And we had access to gym, strength and conditioning stuff, um, had like nutrition workshops. So we were really lucky in that respect. But obviously, to get to get paid to, to do what you want to do, um, you had to go abroad, like I said. And mm-hmm. that's obviously changed a lot in recent years, um, both in Scotland and obviously we're seeing the... Um, reaping the, the rewards now in England because obviously football's really taken off in the last few years here which is amazing and hopefully it continues to do so. It's absolutely great to see and I think you know I think it's the FA app does a lot of work on that you know streaming the different games in the um, WSL and whatnot it, it, yeah. it's, a, it's a phenomenal piece of equipment that is really out there now to, to help raise that profile. One of the key points that you made is, is when you were training you were at university as well um, a lot of our listeners are young people who want to go pro or else they're young professionals who are maybe at the very early stages of their career what were the fundamental lessons that you felt you learned early on that have really stood you in, in good stead as you have progressed throughout your professional career? Um, yeah, honestly, I just think to enjoy every minute of it, because obviously now I'm, I'm 29, you look back and you think, oh, what if I'd done this? What if I'd done that? But like, I've literally enjoyed every single minute of being a professional footballer. It's been absolutely amazing. I've been so lucky um, to see the places that I've I've seen in the world and to travel the places I've been to meet the people along the way. Like I've met so many good friends um, in so many different countries, nationalities, cultures. It's been amazing. Um, and I think just to, yeah, to enjoy every minute of it and reap the rewards because, like I said, it's really special. And most importantly, I think the people that you meet along the way, um, it's just so rewarding. If we flip it back to when you were so young and you, you were beginning on this journey and you mentioned your family and your sister played a lot of sport as well and you were playing all sorts of sports growing up. Was your family a big supporter in your dream to go pro and with your obsession with football? um yes I think they were like my mum and dad were very supportive my mum would always bring like the medical bag she'd bring like fruit for us at halftime um my mum and dad literally drove me up and down the country uh, to games and my dad he was also our coach as well so he used to like google like all these lessons and training sessions for us and he just they did everything they possibly could to to make us the best that we could be and yeah hopefully I'm I'm rewarding them now so they can still come but some come down and watch me and take them out for dinner every so often but nah I'm so grateful to them and obviously my sister as well who supports me massively she although she doesn't play anymore um she obviously had a massive impact on my my career that support system it's really integral I think you know for yeah, for, for 
yeah for any player just to to have that you know whenever things are tough whenever hard days happen you know you've got people there who love you who support you who push you on to continue to chase your dreams and part of chasing your dream involved you going to germany to play how did that come around and what was that like for you you know to try a new culture new country and figure it all out i, I assume as you were going yeah no it was mad in all honesty it happened really quick so basically when i like i said i played in um in scotland for glasgow city who at the who at the time were the best team in scotland without a shadow of a doubt still are now today mm-hmm. um and yeah we were playing them in the champions league we actually got beat in the first game 10 nil and then we got beat 7 nil in the, the second game so it was obviously a champions league football very naive going into the game thinking yeah we we can we can compete with this team but literally one of the best teams in the world i don't know if they won champions league that year but they definitely they've won it previously massive club Torino potsdam german club um and then they just saw me i don't know what they saw but um literally like i went with my dad for a trial there um in the january i think i was there for like five six days it was absolutely freezing cold i still remember it like minus 17 it was literally the coldest i've ever been in life um and it was a weird trial it was just a bit like iffy nobody was really like talking to me and there wasn't a lot of communication and then we kind of just left and thought okay well it was nice to have a trial here but we didn't really think anything of it and then a couple a couple of months down the line they they offered us like a a contract um to go and play over there for the next two years so I was like right this is something that I absolutely need to take with both hands at the time I was at uni I was kind of halfway through my degree um I had to defer all that and literally just dropped everything and and dived right into the deep end obviously to Germany and got stuck in about the language got stuck in about meeting new people making new friends um being the best that I could be on the pitch and yeah that was it I'd say like just yeah, it was mad. It was absolutely mad. It was a whirlwind. The first couple of weeks, I'd Skype my mum and dad like all the time because I was missing them and stuff. But um, after that, I settled in really quickly. There was a lot of other um, foreign girls there from like the US, from Sweden, from all the different countries in, in Europe. And it was a really special group. And I loved the time there that I had. I spent three years there. And then I moved on to Bayern Munich after that. But no, it was a really, really good move. And I was, I'm, yeah, when I look back, I think I'm really proud of myself for, for making that step and starting the whole process off. I think it is. It's such a big opportunity to jump at. And as you said about deferring even university, you know, especially at, at that time, that was maybe seen, maybe people thought it was crazy. Maybe people thought it was nuts. Maybe other people thought this is great. Chase your dream, go for it. But it's been proven to be an absolute blessing, you know, a great decision from your own point of view. Um, to make that decision and go and then the move to Bayern Munich and it's interesting because I was watching a documentary about Bayern Munich on Amazon yesterday and I think it was Sané made a point that he struggled a bit when the pressure was on the pressure of such a big club Um, tell me about your experience at Bayern and tell me a little bit about the pressures that a professional footballer can face and how do you overcome those yeah I mean I never really felt the pressure like obviously I did you obviously feel the pressure every game that you go into but from my side of things like obviously to be fair the the women's and men's side were very much affiliated I know that we celebrated when we won the league together and stuff like that but I never really you never really got that big team buzz I'd say like it sounds a bit yeah yeah I don't know just we didn't really have that buzz I would say we had like like I said, it was very much separated from the the men's side of things. We had our own training complex, although it is they are now together. Um, it was very much separated. Um, and you still yeah you didn't really get that Bayern Munich vibe, although we wore the kit and we wore 
all the stuff and we had like meetups with the guys and stuff like that it was just still very much um separate and the way that they done things so obviously it was still a lot of pressure went into games but i would say not as much interesting to hear that and hopefully that's something that you mentioned they're training together now and in the same facility you know you really hope that that's something that's improved as the game continues to grow and to develop you know is that you know relationship between both the men's and the women's side and how the club views that and operates on in that capacity and um, when you came back to england then you obviously signed for arsenal one of the top teams and you had a phenomenal experience at arsenal um what was that like coming back I wouldn't say home because I know you're Scottish, but back to the UK anyway. Um, how did you find? I would it? say home. I would, yeah, no, obviously I'm Scottish through and through, but like I would say it was still home. Like mm-hmm. I could see my mum and dad a lot more often. I could see my sister coming down. Um, even some of my best mates in football have played um, at Arsenal with me along the way, so that was really nice. And it was, it was just refreshing to be back in and be in your comfort zone, kind of thing, a lot more than than what you would be in Germany. And obviously like speaking speaking your language every day obviously helps but nah it was a it was a great move at the time I loved I loved my um time at Arsenal it was, it's been fab and um obviously I was gutted to be kind of going out on loan but it's, it's actually been a really good move for me um in all honesty so yeah everything kind of happens for a reason and it's, it's worked out really well Everything does happen for a reason. I think that that's key and it's key to the development. And you said you're wanting to enjoy every moment of it. And that would be your advice, you know, when a younger person coming up through wanting to go on this similar journey to you of this journey in professional football is to enjoy the moments. Um, I want to touch on a topic which I've titled Match Fit Performance. And I've titled this sort of section Keys to to Success and Elite Performance. In your opinion, what are those keys to elite performance and success in, in the professional game? I think just making sure that you're doing the right things. I know like there's obviously tick boxes that we need to kind of do. And I'm, I'm not someone that does 10 things out of 10. Like I know that I'm not um, one of those. There is players that do everything in their power to be the best that they can be. But I know that if I'm doing the majority of them, that um, it's going to send me in good, good stead for having a good performance. So obviously that's massive off the pitch. Eating and sleeping for me is like the two, like I need to get that right. Um I love bed and I love being in bed. I love having the same routine. Um, I'm a good sleeper, to be fair, but even naps and stuff for games, I like to have that um, consistent. And eating's the same, really. I know kind of the stuff that I need to be eating when I need to be eating it, and that's obviously massive as well in terms of performance. And Was that something you learned over a period of time as you got to know yourself and made your way in the professional game? Yeah, no, I think so, yeah. Yeah, even as like an education side of things as well. Like I didn't really know much about nutrition. Like growing up, I literally would eat anything that my mum and dad would give me, and it would just be the same for every day. It wouldn't be like based on my training or if I was doing weights that day or um, if I had a game. Everything would be similar, and it would just be the same as what they were eating. Um, but obviously, education helped, and knowing the right stuff to eat, when to eat it, um, helped massively. Mm-hmm. What about likes of your um, supplemental intake, you know, your whey proteins, your vitamins? Is there anything along those lines that you find helps you a lot? I think obviously protein, that's a massive one. Um, we obviously do a lot of gym work at West Ham. We're in the gym three times a week. And this week, actually, we've, we've had, we're going to go into a three-game week. So it's literally just hitting as much protein as you can uh, right now, obviously, to make sure that your muscles are fully recovered and you're in, in a good way for the games coming up. But yeah, like I said, just eating and sleeping well um that's kind of the only things i take probably is whey protein i've got other stuff we take like caffeine gels and stuff like that before games 
um I take a few vit vitamins, omega threes, like vitamin D and stuff, because winter obviously. But other than that, like it's quite yeah, I'm pretty basic. I don't. I try and get all of my nutritional um goodness from from food if I can, for the most part. And to give me an example of a typical pre-match meal or pre-training meal and something you would have after after a game or training session. Yeah, obviously kickoff dependent. Um, predominantly our games. So the game the other night, um, we had a late kickoff, but predominantly it is kind of twelve two o'clock in the afternoon. So I normally have like kind of two meals. Um, obviously if it's twelve, I'll probably have one big one big breakfast. But yeah, I always go with like a porridge, banana, some fruit, um, some whey protein. Shove that in there. Maybe some seeds or or nuts, something like that. Um, and yeah, a bagel probably more often than not. <laughs> Um, with whatever on it and then obviously like if it's a night game then I'll just be topping that up with some pasta or some like a stir fry or something like that just carb carb overload what about post game would you have would you have a big sort of meal or dinner or anything like that mm. after a game um, again yes I do struggle to eat after games which is annoying so obviously the the protein um, is massive we always get the little protein shakers after the game because that's obviously a massive part of the recovery and trying to get it in that window as quick as you can after the games but like I said I do struggle to eat after the games especially if it's a night kickoff as well you're talking having a meal at like nine ten o'clock at night it's it's not ideal but you need to just get it down you and to be fair I'm not fussy after games I do tend to have a little bit of a not like a cheat day but like just something that I enjoy something that I'm gonna enjoy eating um so yeah whatever that is is that one of the hardest parts of being a professional footballer and a professional athlete is sticking to a diet all the time? You know, you've mentioned that after a game you like to get something you really want to enjoy. Is it difficult to stay on that straight and narrow, so to speak, of, you know, just quality food all the time? I don't No, I don't think so, because obviously you know how important and how beneficial it can be. Like I said, I'm not the most strict um, person. I, I still like to enjoy food. I love cooking. Um, and I'm not too strict on what I eat. I've not got like a, a set routine that I, I stick to. It's kind of just whatever I think tastes good and I know that'll do the job for me um, come into the game. So, How about recovery? So day after, you've three games this week, it's going to be rightly important that you are ready and your body is sharp and there's no way to get it out of the way sometimes of aches and pains when you're just playing so often. Um, but what, do you, what would you do to help aid your recovery? Do you have any particular tricks or insight that you feel help you um i wouldn't say there's not like in particular obviously we do a lot of ice baths and stuff i don't really know if they work but i, I like the feeling of them um they say that they obviously help you sleep better as well obviously lowering your core body temperature but i think other than that really it's just kind of you do the foam rolling and you do like a spin out on the bike uh, obviously everyone's got different routines kind of what they like had a massage today and like I said just continually just eating as much as you can and getting as much sleep as well one of the big components of being a professional footballer is, all, is obviously training you know you're doing training every day you're doing gym work and stuff like that um, I don't want to touch too much on the actual training and the gym work side of it but from watching some of your you know your vlogs and doing a bit of research on you before we've done this this sort of podcast you seem to be quite jovial and you have a lot of fun in your uh -huh. day, no, day, yeah in your day-to-day -day work how important is that atmosphere and talk to me about specifically west ham i need to know who is the thirsty trivia champions right now is there a particular group table what's uh -huh. what's happening there how important is that atmosphere in terms we've of the team? not had a quiz recently do you know it's been quite sad obviously because of covid covid mm -hmm. has just been so rife everywhere that we've kind of had to tame it down a bit with the 
with the quiz and stuff. But that side of things has actually been really hard because West Ham is a very sociable team. We love doing stuff together. We love hanging out. And um, I've really missed that side of things. And in all honesty, that is why I do play football. It's the team dynamic side of things that I just really enjoy. Um, and obviously, football is great as well. I love football. But um, yeah, I love that side of things. I love being uh, bonded with the, the girls and, and that, the staff as well. It's just such a good group of group of people all kind of pushing for one collective goal. Um, yeah, it's something really special. So. In terms of all your different achievements, you know, you've won trophies with Arsenal, you've won trophies in Germany, you've won trophies up in Scotland, and now you're at West Ham as well. How important is that atmosphere in and around the team in terms of being successful, whether that be winning trophies or attaining a certain league position? How vitally important is that? Oh, yeah, no, it's absolutely massive. You need that cohesion and the trust, um, without a doubt, if you all want to be on the same page and just making each other the best that you possibly can be, you need that, um, yeah, the cohesion in the team. It's, it's obviously a massive thing. And we've got a lot of uh, expertise in that area as well. We've got a really good psychologist at the club. Um, and all the other staff, even our our um, the, our the uh, head coach, Ollie, he absolutely like swears by it. Um, so we do a lot in terms of that stuff to, to work and get everyone on the same page and get everyone working together in, in harmony. I think that harmonious atmosphere and getting everyone on the same page, it, it feeds so well into like the team mindset and individual mindset for players. And it brings me on you know, nicely to one of the other topics I want to talk on, talk about. It's the match fit mindset section. I want to know about the how important is it or how vital is it that you have not only a strong mindset, but you are determined and you realize and you know what's going on at all point at all times. How important is that mindset to achieving your goals as a professional footballer? Yeah, it's obviously massive. And the competition's getting bigger and bigger now, especially in women's football. Mm-hmm. Um, well, men's football is even worse, to be fair. The competition is so hard for the uh, the younger guys breaking through to try and actually break the mold and um, to make it as a professional player because there's obviously so many people trying to do that. Um, but obviously the mindset is is what gets you there, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's, you can have all the talent in the world, but you need to have the right attitude and the right mindset on a daily basis really to, to, to reap the rewards and to maximise your potential. What about the biggest challenges that you faced? Because with a strong mindset, you obviously have to overcome certain hurdles or things that get thrown in your path that to, to try and bring you down or keep you down, whether it just even just be a bad day at training or whatever. But what are the biggest challenges that you've faced in your career and how have you overcame those challenges I think just injury to be honest I had a really tough um year last year at Arsenal just injured all the time um was calf Achilles kind of linked together I was in a moon boot in and out of a moon boot twice actually um and it's, it's frustrating but obviously it's part and parcel of the game and you can't complain about it you see people that are in a much worse off position than you are so you just have to get in and screw the nut every day and be focused and Arsenal actually had great um, people around to to get us back on the pitch and get us fighting fit so I was really lucky in that respect to be in really good hands and have everything at my disposal to to get back on the pitch as soon as I could. See when you're injured and you're trying to come back and you're trying to get through all the different steps that it takes to get back does your confidence ever get rocked or is that very concrete that you're okay and you know it's just a matter of time? No, without a doubt. Yeah, no, without a doubt. Especially when you see the team potentially doing well or the team's struggling and they need you back. Like, you can feel pressure to, to be back quicker or you can come back and think, oh, I'm not going to be at the same level. Like, it is tough being injured. It's You're very isolated as well from the team, so you miss a lot of the stuff that's going on. 
which is difficult at times, but um, I've always kind of been lucky enough, not lucky enough that other people have been injured, but just lucky enough to have other girls around me to, to push me and support me because that's obviously a massive thing in any team sport um, to have people pushing you in the right direction, especially in those days where you're kind of struggling for motivation intrinsically in yourself. So it's good to have teammates around you that, that bring out the best in you and push you. Speaking of motivation, what is it that motivates you every day? You know, to put in the work, to put in the work and the diet, to make sure you go into bed on time, to make sure. Honestly, it's my everything. teammates. It's, yeah, it's just my teammates knowing that they're doing the exact same for me. Um, yeah, to know that I'm doing everything in my power to be the best I can be for them and to bring the best out in, in their performances. I know that they're doing the exact same behind closed doors as well. So you you owe it to each other to do that. Um, and yeah, like I said, that just brings out the best in each other and, and it makes the team click, doesn't it? There's something you mentioned earlier when you were talking about, you know, your time up in Scotland and you played in the Champions League and, you know, you lost those two games and it was probably hard at that time to lose those two games. But when you're playing against a team who is perhaps heavy favourites or favourites, um, when you're going away to Chelsea for talk's sake or you're going this season, you know, to play your teammates at Arsenal, you know, your ex-teammates, how do you deal with that expectation and how do you deal with that is there is there some type of pressure there or is there an excitement to go and let's upset the apple cart here what what's the difference in mentality from those games to perhaps a standard if i can use that word home game where perhaps you're expected to win or a team that you're closely rival to yeah obviously like the expectation is there it's obviously different as well for arsenal like the, like i said playing for arsenal you go in with that expectation on that you are going to win every single game and it just be kind of comes it's just something that is just that's the standard. That is the gold standard that you need to be set in. And if you know if you can reach that standard, you're going to win the game. So that's obviously been a lot different at West Ham. You can you can be playing really well and you still might not win games. Whereas at Arsenal, obviously, it was just literally sometimes you just step onto the pitch and you just know that you'd win a game. Whereas obviously West Ham is is different in that respect. And um, we're grinding out a lot more results and having a bit of luck here and there to to get over the line at times, but. Obviously, I think sometimes that makes the win even sweeter. And obviously, playing with Scotland as well, it's similar. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of cases that we are the, the underdog, being at the World Cup and being at the Euros and stuff like that, it's not always that you're expected to win games when you go to these tournaments. And sometimes that's also a nice expectation of a, obviously being being the underdog, but it's also kind of goes against you as well because everything is already seen as like a an achievement and it's not you want to obviously be going into the next thing you want to qualify you want to get out of the group like it's hard to then break that mold really it's an interesting dynamic you know i think being as, as you mentioned being that underdog you know sometimes maybe the media are like we're just happy to be here and sometimes you're exactly. like as a player yeah. i'm not happy to be here i'm gonna win you know i want to compete yeah, totally. and is that has that ever been a clash for you? You know, maybe not so much against with other players or anything like that, but is that something you've had to fight against, so to speak, maybe with the media portrayal or toxic, you know, expectation? I mean, yeah, like we've never really bitten to any kind of media. We kind of, when we're in camps and stuff like that, we kind of avoid it as much as we can, like good media, bad media, whatever, just kind of, we could kind of go into our own little bubble uh, for like World Cups and Euros. Um, I just think it's the right thing to do to to switch off a bit from social media and, um, to not get caught up in it because it can be it can be brutal at times um, and yeah like I said not everything's always as positive so um, it's, yeah 
it's like the best and worst thing that has ever happened to football is that you know social media it's made everything so accessible but it's also made oh, yeah. ev- everyone so accessible in the wrong way at the same time yeah uh, it's 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 kind of crazy and one of the things i want to touch on as you mentioned being up with scotland is when people want to be professional when i was a kid playing football and i wanted to be professional and i was never good enough but when i wanted to be professional you dreamed of playing professional football or football but you also dreamed of representing your country and to me, I always felt like that was the ultimate. You know, other people might have dreams of, you know, lifting the FA Cup or the Champions League. I always dreamt of playing for my country. What is that like for you? You know, you've done that. You've lifted trophies at club level. You've played for your country. What's the difference between club and country um, at, at that elite level? Is there much of a difference in terms of how it's run, how it's organized, the training sessions? What what's What's it like? No, nah, like I don't think so. It's very obviously it's different going into national team camps and stuff like that. They're both equally like total professional. Um but obviously the dynamic is different. We don't see each other all the time um at national team and it's obviously you're there for a lot of short period shorter periods of time. Um so it's kind of just sticking to everyone's own kind of routines, what they do at club, what they do on a daily basis, and then kind of bringing that all together and trying to work out kind of a happy medium for for keeping everyone sweet and keeping everyone on the same page. But <clears throat> again you've also got the dynamic of you're all from the same same country the same culture and you just also have that connection already um within the squad and yeah I love playing the national team it's not that I prefer playing West Ham or national team it's just so different and um, dynamics in both West Ham's obviously like your family because you spend so much time with them but um yeah like Scotland's literally like in your blood it's like your your heritage and your yeah just what you're all about really isn't it your identity I, I don't know what for, for you but like you know it I just feel like it would be so special you know I've played in a fan game for Northern Ireland and I felt special you know um I can only imagine what wearing that kit is like you know at a competitive level at the top level the top of the game it's almost that affirmation that you're one of the best in the world in your country at what you do and I think that is such a unique cool experience and I think it's an amazing achievement I really do for anyone that's able to do that and yeah. for any of our listeners listening to this that want to go up and be professional want to go up and represent their country I think a story like yours where you've grown up obsessing about football and you've lived your dream and you've worked incredibly hard to do that it's such a nice I think caveat you know for people to look at and say oh I, I want to do that I want to do that I want to chase that dream and I think it's really really interesting and um, I think just as we begin to wrap this up um what about goals what about goal setting do you set yourself many goals and if so how do you do as a team yeah no yeah we definitely do obviously goal setting is massive to have kind of I'm more of a short-term goal kind of gal Mm because I just don't like looking too much into the future to be honest with you it's just I do obviously have longer term goals but um I much prefer having short-term goals that I can kind of do on a, a weekly monthly basis um, to kind of keep myself ticking over and to keep myself motivated it's obviously a massive part of um, being a professional athlete in any sport really and it's, we, we do we do a lot of work on West Ham as well as a collective and individually so it's interesting to hear how different people set goals um, and just if they're short term long term etc um, I think with, with social media we slightly touched on it earlier people are very short term focused especially fans you know if we're not winning this week the world it's it's a crisis you know I feel like that's uh, kind of yeah. a theme on social media very quick. 
yeah, absolutely. And I think the short-term goals, what, what you mentioned there is is vital, you know, to seeing progression and the achieving those and giving yourself a sense of achievement as you progress throughout a season. Um, another thing I like to ask every every guest that we have on, and this can be quite a comical answer or can be quite a, nah, no, plain answer, just depends on the person. But I want to know, do you have any superstitions, any rituals prior to a game that you do? Not really, to be honest, not at all. Like, I just like to listen to, like, good music. And that's about it, really. There's nothing really else that I do, to be honest with you, that's, like, consistent. I would say, obviously, we've all got, like, our routines and stuff that we like to do, but there's nothing, like, superstition-wise that I would that I would say. And this season, obviously, you're with West Ham. Um, how's, how do you feel about how your season's going so far and how you want it to finish up? Yeah, I think ourselves, we've probably been a bit disappointed, to be honest, because I know that there's been games that we've kind of let points slip. We've been in winning positions, and I think the games that we have been in winning positions from when we've let points slip, we could have been way further up the table than what we are right now. But we're sitting mid-table. Obviously, West Ham last season were in the relegation battle, so that's obviously a massive turnaround. But when I see the likes of the teams that are in and around us, I think we're more than capable of pushing for a Champions League place. Um, and that is in God's honest truth. That's what we believe and want. And I don't think that's out of reach. I think that's very much achievable for this team, um, potentially not this season, but hopefully in seasons to come. Um, yeah. Well, it's interesting to, to hear that. And I wish you the best in that. And obviously, good luck for the rest of the, your season and West Ham season. And be interested to see what you do, you know, in the next couple of years as well, you know, with Scotland, with West Ham, with potentially Arsenal, wherever you decide to go next, I'm really excited yeah. to follow on. And you've lifted quite a number of trophies, and I hope to see that continue um, as your as your career, you know, continues. And um, just for our listeners, where can they find you on social media if they want to follow along with your journey and see what you're up to? Good question. I think my tag is the seven <laughs> underscore seventeen. I think that's what it is on Twitter, on Insta, and stuff like that. So yeah. Well, listen, they said this has been um, great fun talking to you, great insight into how you do things and what's going on in your career so far. I want to thank you for your time. Um, we're excited to see what happens. So thank you again for coming on the show and good luck for the rest of the season. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on.